0: Welcome to the Kingdom Mindset Podcast, where we provide revolutionary training materials to individuals, healing practitioners, leaders, and influencers globally. Your kingdom destiny awaits, and it all begins with a mindset. Well, hello and welcome to the Kingdom Mindset Podcast. My name is Dr. Jessica Rothmeyer, and today I'd like to continue our discussion about what Jesus taught at the Sermon on the Mount. Specifically today, we're going to discuss the Beatitudes, found in Matthew chapter 5, verses 1-12. through 12. When helping my clients to understand how to have the mind of Christ, how to align their emotions and their human will with God's kingdom, I like to begin with the Beatitudes, because this is where Jesus began. As Jesus taught this very famous sermon about how the kingdom operates, he was giving the people instruction in how they could learn to live a God-honoring lifestyle. In my experience, in order to teach people how to think in new ways, to truly retrain their way of thinking and believing, I found that it is important to start by questioning a person's flawed or misguided beliefs, revealing what has eventually led them to an unhealthy place or dysfunctional lifestyle. Often it is these distorted thoughts and ungodly behavioral patterns that were the very reason they were seeking counsel in the first place. Whether someone is Christian or not, I think most people would agree we live in a very disturbing world. It's filled with violence, rage, anxiety, and division. There is so much disharmony between the people of this world today. People on every continent are suffering right now, mentally and emotionally, and many people have a heightened sense of fear like never before. Things have happened in recent years that have caused families a lot of grief sometimes even resulting in total division, parents and children turning on one another, different generations being judgmental and dismissive of one another. Our current way of thinking and believing is simply not working, which, believe it or not, has been happening since the beginning of time. Discord and tragedy happen whenever a society relies on the world for its mindset. The only way to have genuine success is to live your life for God by following the instructions found in his word. So let's take a look at the Beatitudes and reflect on how differently the world would tell you to live your life in comparison so that the lies and false promises of our modern society can be revealed to you if they haven't been already. And then in the weeks to come, I will be explaining in simple and practical ways how to begin to walk out the kingdom instructions found in Matthew chapter 5. A.W. Tozer, a well-known author and Bible scholar, once wrote, A fairly accurate description of humanity might be by taking the Beatitudes, turning them wrong side out, and saying, Here is your human race. If worldly advice and our fleshly desires continue to promise us a happy ending, feelings of fulfillment and success, then why is everyone so miserable? Even if you do experience joy by society's standards, isn't it just for a moment? The first beatitude states, blessed are the poor in spirit. In this world, this word poor would never be favorably viewed. And it really isn't even a word people would try to understand, because everything we have ever learned or been told in this lifetime has been that money equals happiness. And even if somewhere along the way, you might admit through observing the lives of those who do have a lot of money, that they're definitely not happy, most people would still say having more money would make their life better. At least, it would relieve whatever pain and stress they're currently experiencing. It is very difficult to rewire our natural and instinctive thinking in this area of wealth. For so many people, it is the number one stressor in their life. And as long as a person has this type of thinking and belief system, it is very difficult to find joy in everyday circumstances when so many things around us have to do with money. How much money you make might equal how you are seen by the world, whether you are successful or not. How much money you have in the bank might determine whether you have a beautiful home, a new car, or can go on a vacation, which would all equal some level of joy or contentment, right? And the amount of money you have saved for retirement will determine whether you will ever get to a point in your life where you can truly relax people will spin in their own anxiety and self-efforts in regards to money for the majority of their lives. Most of us planning for and looking forward to a life stage that may or may not ever come to fruition. And like I've said before, even though there are so many of us who come to that point where we know true happiness is not found in money or our financial portfolio, isn't it difficult to be grounded and have contentment when you do not have enough for the basics or for what you believe you deserve. Remember, living in the kingdom and having a kingdom mindset is very different than living in the world and following in the world's advice and non-biblical ways of living. The second beatitude says, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. As a professional counselor, I have made great efforts to comfort those who are in mourning whether they lost a spouse, a parent, or devastatingly a child. Others were mourning the loss of their functioning body as they received a diagnosis of significant disability. And some would mourn a failed marriage as one or both of the spouses could no longer continue. There is so much grief in this world. And how do people find true comfort? I have heard from the lips of many, many people depending on the severity of what they've experienced, that they believe they might be sad or suffer for the rest of their life. This is a very devastating place to be in one's mind, and it will certainly lead to many difficulties in life. Others will choose to avoid the pain and simply filter their emotions through being numb or staying bitter. And yet others will say to themselves, I cannot handle this pain, and they will choose to medicate in any way they know how, also leading to devastating outcomes. There is little good advice this world has to offer, the type that would truly bring a kind of comfort that the human soul desires. The third beatitude says blessed are the gentle. Do we really see gentleness being promoted in our world today? Or are people applauded for being bold, assertive, and even aggressive? Those who are loud and demanding seem to get what they want, at least more often than those who are soft and submissive. It seems to me everything from the movies that we watch to modern sitcoms to social media platforms, they are all really emphasizing that if you want to be your authentic self, you should have very big and expressive emotions and never be corrected or criticized for having those emotions, no matter how irrational or devastating your mindset might be. We have now culturally accepted that any emotion or personal perspective that is met with a level of rebuke, healthy or not, is considered shaming and should not even be communicated. Even if what is being said might cause a person to stay in an unhealthy lifestyle, you do you is the saying now, But again, I think we have to ask ourselves, especially with this younger generation, is that really working? How is their mental health, their work performance and their interpersonal relationships? As a professional counselor, I know that every mental health clinic has a three month waiting list or more. In terms of the general public, they are more unhappy, confused and exist in a suffering state of mind more than ever before. The next beatitude says, "'Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness.'" This one might be more tricky than any of the rest in comparing it to or explaining it by worldly standards. The worldview of righteousness today is so tainted. There might have been a time in history where people's beliefs about what was good or what was evil would have been pretty similar to a biblical standard, but that is rarely the case today. We are truly living in the times when people are calling good evil and evil good. And that is why we must study God's word for truth, that which is steadfast and has endured the test of time. And if we desire to walk out a Christ-like lifestyle, we cannot look to the world for advice, especially in the area of what is right or wrong. In fact, the general belief in the world today is that everything is okay. There's no such thing as righteousness. You get to choose, and whatever you choose is good and should make you happy. But I don't know. Is that working? The next beatitude is blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Although I would say there are some people in this world who are very empathetic and mercy-minded, most people have a strong sense of justice and self-righteousness that would cause them to draw some pretty hard lines in the sand about what is or isn't allowed in human behavior. How often do you hear that so-and-so really needs to get what they deserve? That this person or this people group should suffer if they've hurt or offended someone else? These comments and demands are all being made through a broken and wounded human lens we were not created to judge or disperse punishment. Only God has perfect compassion that is unaffected by sin. Therefore, he is the only one worthy to judge. The sixth beatitude is blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. In my many years of counseling Christians and non-Christians, there were so many different perspectives about who God is and how he functions. These views were sometimes based on what someone had experienced in their attempts to believe in him, or others were just based on a person's encounters with other Christians, good or bad. Somehow or another, almost everyone comes to the point where they misunderstand who God is and how his kingdom operates. Most people believe that if they are just good, whatever that means, someday they will go to a nice place, a place that movies and books have portrayed as heaven. And others believe that they will live their life to the fullest here on the earth, and then there is nothing more after they die. With these types of perspectives, seeking to have a pure heart is not that motivating for the average person. Would they believe their heart and mind can be openly viewed and known by an almighty God? That seems to not be much of a concern for most people. Some people believe they can even hide or disguise their true thoughts and feelings from God. As we know from Scripture, all issues of life flow from the heart, and for those who do not actively seek to love like Jesus, desiring a pure heart, they tend to suffer in very significant ways, sometimes hardening their hearts so as to no longer feel anything, and other times experiencing a great deal of mental and emotional distress because of their constant state of heartbreak. It is so sad because this is not what Jesus died for. He came to bring healing to every single individual heart. Beatitude number seven states, blessed are the peacemakers. Man, this has really been distorted by the world, especially in the last few years as people demand and protest for justice. In ways they hope would bring about unity, but it has done nothing of the sort, nor will it ever through these worldly tactics. It is only when we come into full alignment of having the mind of Christ that we would be able to establish a type of love, acceptance, and genuine equality that would unify people on a global level. Being a peacemaker in the kingdom is very different than the instinctual human attempts in trying to establish peace. Peace is something that cannot be done without having the love of God touch you first. It is only from a place of overflow of God's love that we are able to bring peace, like Jesus, to a very broken, very deceived world. In Scripture, Jesus very specifically says, My peace I give you, not as the world gives, do I give to you, John fourteen twenty seven. The world's definition of peace, both how they would explain it and how people would expect to experience it, is very different than the definition of peace in the kingdom of god which we will discuss in future episodes the last two verses of the beatitudes i will combine those meaning you will be blessed when you are persecuted for being a christian for putting your faith in jesus this kingdom value certainly does not compute for many people in the world In fact, it is often easy to recognize that no other religion in the world is criticized and condemned more than the Christian faith, especially the name of Jesus. Many people will tolerate talking about God, but as soon as you mention Jesus, now they're upset. They will dismiss you or perhaps they will actively make fun of you and criticize your Jesus. Learning to not fear rejection, and to not seek the approval of man is one of the most important steps as a Christian in our faith journey. Without this milestone being achieved, you will simply not live the testimony that God has ordained each born-again believer to demonstrate. In reality, the Beatitudes are a portrait of the ideal citizen in Christ's kingdom. And the word blessed is not like in the world. It's not to have a full stomach or to experience a moment of lustful satisfaction. Rather, Jesus says to those who seek his kingdom, they will be blessed by a type of supreme and divine disbursement of peace, love, joy, fulfillment, and overall well-being in life that can only be experienced through being faithful to your Father in heaven. The blessings that God can give you They are unlike any physical or monetary wealth of this world. His supernatural gifts and spiritual rewards far outweigh any physical, emotional, or psychological experience you could have. Learning to live in a kingdom culture is to experience a new kind of success, one that will be difficult for non-believing friends or family to understand. But be perseverant. Often it is by your fruits of living a God-honoring life that those who do not know him yet seek to understand because of the light, the love, and the hope that you display. In my experience of helping people to discover and hold on to life change, the key to lasting transformation is to truly reject and throw out your old worldly type of thinking and look to these beatitudes and all of God's word to be your instruction manual for life. It will be difficult at times. The programming of this modern world is loud and all around you. You will perhaps even suffer ridicule for your weird or odd ways of thinking and behaving. But I promise you, if you earnestly, with all of your heart, mind, and soul seek the Lord, he will reveal himself and his ways to you. And then, your life will never be the same. You will begin to have a type of spiritual peace that no amount of food, alcohol, medication, or even sleep could ever produce. You will experience joy that no amount of drugs, exercise, or fancy vacations could ever bring you. And you will enjoy a type of exhilaration and thrilling purpose that no amount of sex, career goals, perfect marriage, or a parent-child relationship was ever meant to achieve. I encourage you to challenge some of your thoughts and behavioral patterns today, ones that perhaps tend to line up more with worldly teaching than those being taught by Jesus in Matthew chapter 5. I look forward to the coming weeks as we learn more about and practically apply all of the wisdom and biblical instruction found in the Beatitudes, which will bring healing and freedom to your life in many, many ways. Thank you for listening to the Kingdom Mindset Podcast. Hey, if you enjoyed today's teaching, I would invite you to subscribe to the show and share it with others to bring healing and transformation to the lives of those around you.